Okay, guys, we're in lesson one. I've entitled it the Minor Prophets Introduction. So we're not going to get right into each of the 12 books today, but we're going to talk about them in general, and we're going to talk about prophecy in general. But before I start, okay, I kind of would like to get a feel for how you have approached the last 12 books of the Old Testament. Like, have you read them? Have you attempted to read them? You quit read, you, did, you stop reading them? Or you look at them for this reason? How have you approached the last 12 books? That starts with Hosea, goes all the way through Malachi, okay? Some of the, like for instance, Hosea is lots of chapters there. Some are just one chapter. How have you viewed in your personal devotional time in your personal reading, how have you handled, and there's no right or wrong answer, so don't be hesitant. To sh I just kind of want to know, well, you know, George, I didn't bother reading them. That's okay. I just kind of like to know where were you at when you think about those last 12 books? Anybody? Okay. Okay, so Bruce said three things. He's read them. Uh, number two, he didn't pretty much see them as a priority to read. And three, he didn't retain much out of them. Okay? All right, that's, that's really good, Bruce. Kind of along with what I was thinking folks would say. But what, what else? Anybody else? When you've looked at the last 12 books of the Bible, or maybe you've never looked at them, you could say, you know, George... I found, like, the first half of the Old Testament easy to read, except for the law, you know, the historical books. But when I got to that, man, that was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? What's going on here? How, how, have, you, how have you looked at it? What do you think it's about? So, Mike, what we're asking is the last 12 books, the minor prophets of the Old Testament, what has been your approach personally? Have you read them? How have you looked at them in the past? Were you frustrated with them? Bruce shared, he said he's read them. He didn't find them to be a priority to read, and he couldn't retain what was being said there. Okay? Anybody else? No, no. Last 12 books of the Old Testament. Hosea through Malachi. There are 12 books there. So it's not like your go-to go -to books. Okay, like if you're talking to somebody, you could say, George, this is what Jonah said that really encouraged me. Okay? Nahum really impacted me. Okay. Okay, so John, you're pointing out like when you're reading things or when you're listening to someone, those don't seem to books be the books that people are referring people to go to. Is okay. How many would agree with what John is saying? It's like if you're reading a, our daily bread devotional, 
it's not, maybe, the only time it talks about Micah is when it talks about the birth of Jesus. So, okay, so like Nahum, you, you read about Nahum in the Daily Bread. Maybe once in a blue year, okay? But uh, that's not normal, okay? So why would I go there, okay? Anybody else? Oh, good, Jean. Okay. All right, you you under you can understand them. Okay, that's good, Jean. Good, Jean. We're in awe of you because the rest of us, <laughs> the rest of us are like, man, I wish. What are, did you eat? Wheaties before you read them, or you know, what I'm saying, you know, did was your mind? I mean, because most people struggle. Okay, most people struggle, and it's like what uh, Bruce said. Couldn't retain much there. John pointed out, you know, you don't see others referring to them very often. So, like, why do, why do I want to go there? You know what I'm saying? Obadiah. How many of you, like, that's your favorite book, okay? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So, so let's talk about it, okay? So this is basically introductory material. So we're not going to look at Scripture in sp specific. We're going to talk about it. And I'm, and I'm trying to lay a foundation for you to understand these books. Okay, so this is what an introduction is. It's to lay a foundation so you understand them. Okay? So that's what we're going to do today. So, first of all, the books of the prophets can be divided into two groups, major and minor prophets. Okay? So when we talk about the books of the prophets, they're more than just the 12 books that we're going to be looking at. There is actually Ezekiel, Daniel, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and Isaiah. Okay? Those books, plus the last 12, are called the books of the prophets. All right? Now, we can divide them into two groups. There's the major prophets and the minor prophets. Now... The major prophets are the books of Isaiah, Jeremiah and Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Now, anybody got a clue as to why we call them the major prophets? <laughs> Gene says because they're long-winded. Well, yeah, okay, so like when you look at those books, there might be 60 chapters there, Okay. When you look at a minor prophet, it may only have 14 chapters or as little as one chapter. Do you understand? So the, those are the major prophets. And usually when people, these are the prophets that Jesus tended to quote. He tended to quote, although the Gospels do quote some of the minor prophets as well, he tended to quote Isaiah. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? He mentions Daniel. Jeremiah is often mentioned, Okay. So, all right, the minor prophets are the books of Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you want to say it. I've heard speakers say it both ways, Habakkuk or Habakkuk, whatever way you prefer, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and the Italian uh, prophet Malachi, no, Malachi, okay? 
Yeah, if you've not heard that one, you've never heard it. We're going to look at the Italian prophet today, Malachi. No, it's Malachi, okay? So, uh, so those are the minor prophets. Now, the prophets were written during three periods of Israel's history. So we're not talking about these guys all wrote at one time. Some of them did. They correspond with each other. But they're basically in three periods of Israel's history. Okay? Three periods of Israel's history. So these periods are with reference to the exile of the Jews to Babylon in 608 B.C. So... To understand these prophets, you need to understand where they fit with reference to the exile. So here's the three periods. The three periods are the pre-exilic, that's before the exile, exilic, which means during the exile, and post-exilic, those are the prophets after the exile, when they return back to the land. Now, understanding where they fit okay, uh, understanding where they fit will help you in understanding what's being written, okay, because you'll understand what the issues are and who they're talking to, okay. So the pre-exilic prophets spoke to either the northern kingdom, okay, the northern kingdom, which were the ten tribes to the north, also known as Samaria, they were either speaking to the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, which was called Judah, which was Judah and Benjamin, or to both. So some were specifically to the north, some were specifically to the south, some were to both, both the north and the south. That's with the pre-exilic prophets, okay? Knowing who they speak to, again, helps you to understand the message that they are communicating. So knowing the period in which the book was written helps understand the message, okay? Helps in understanding the message. Now we're going to talk about prophecy, okay? Your notes are going to show that we're going to talk about the nature of prophecy, okay? So let me ask you a question. What's prophecy? What, what have you assumed is the definition of prophecy? Again, there's no right or wrong answer. I just want to know... What do you think prophecy is? Okay, Bruce says the foretelling of the future. Anybody got something different? Okay. Yes, it is the foretelling of the future, but it also includes talking about right now. When the prophet spoke, he didn't just tell you what it's going to be 100 years from now. He told you about what's going on right now. He's speaking the truth revealing what's happening and what God's thinking about it, okay, and what he's going to do. The prophetic aspect of what's going to happen in the future usually is with reference to a condemnation, a judgment that's coming, or a promise, and that often is happening in, in prophecy, a promise of what will happen later on when Israel is restored, okay? So, Prophetic books are, are among the most difficult books in the Bible to read and interpret with understanding. Would you agree with that? Prophetic books are among the most difficult to read. So now do you understand why there are very few sermons out of the Minor Prophets? 
you were saying, John, you said your perspective was not very many people refer to them in reading or in speaking. Well, yeah, because they're difficult. They're difficult. You know, and the only time you ever hear Revelation quoted is when? You know, when people are talking about the end times or what they think is a prophecy being fulfilled. Does anybody usually sit around and say, man, I really found Revelation 13, verse 6 refreshing today for my life? No, they, most people don't talk that way. They usually talk about other parts of the scripture, okay? And that's because we have a hard time reading it and understanding it or interpreting it with understanding. So the primary difficulty for readers today is due to the misunderstanding concerning the nature of prophecy. Okay? So I thought it was interesting. I was reading a book, Reading a Bible for All It's Worth. It's an old classic. Uh, I mean, I remember when I studied in school 30 years ago. It was a book written by Stuart and Fee. Fee just died recently. Uh, they pointed out that among the minor prophets, would you, only 1% to 5% of the prophecies have anything to do with the future. Only 1% to 5% of those prophetic books have anything to do with Jesus' coming in the future. The rest of that, 90% of it, 95% of it, is a relevant message for them then, period. Isn't that interesting? You know, and, and, and part of that is because we misunderstand what prophecy is. Okay? So, how many of you would say your dad was a prophet? Okay, well, that's projection of the future, but... All right, how many of you ever got sat down by your dad and told what you did and what you did was wrong and this is what was going to happen? Did that happen with some of you folks? Yeah, okay. For most folks, that's true, right? That's prophetic. That's somebody communicating what's going on right now, what's not right with God, and here's what's going to happen. Do you understand? So... That, so if you understand that, it includes understanding what's happening in the future where your dad says, you're going to get in trouble. But it's also addressing things right then, right now. Okay? The prophet was a voice to Israel to keep them in line. Did you understand what I'm saying? It was a voice to Israel to keep them in line. Do you understand? Now you say, well, they had the priests. The priests were the whole issue of the, of the temple worship and, and going to God and, and worshiping God and making the proper sacrifices. But the prophets were raised up to address issues that were happening in the nation when they weren't doing right. Do, do you understand? When they weren't doing right. So, all right, let's go on. Many Christians refer to the prophets for predictions about the coming of Jesus. So that's, a lot of times that's why we only go to the prophets. Because we want to know the predictions of Jesus in his coming. And eschatology. Alright? However, prophecy is more than just a telling of future things. 
already mentioned that to you. It's more than just a telling. The prophets do announce the future of Israel and the immediate nations around them rather than our future. So when you read the prophets, it's going to talk about Israel and its immediate future. And it's going to talk about the nations around them, Edom and uh, so forth, the Philistines the Babylonians, all the nations around them, but it says nothing about, I don't care what some guy told you on the TV, New York is not mentioned in, you know what I'm saying, the Twin Towers are not mentioned. All of that is bogus in the prophets. Do you understand? Because the prophets are focused on one nation only. Who, folks? Israel. Okay? Israel. So prophecy provides guidance in their current setting and hope in God's control of their lives and world events. So it's, it's, this is what this prophecy is doing, okay? It's providing the current setting, understanding why things are happening, why is God moving in a direction. It's also providing hope with regards to the control of their lives and, and the events that are happening around them. So the message of the prophets was basically corporate as a group of people, not individual. So when you read the prophets, here's the mistake we make. Oftentimes we read the Bible and we say, God, speak to me. Show me something today. Well, you're going to have a frustrating time when you read the minor prophets with that kind of a perspective. Why? The message of the prophets is to a group of people, not individuals. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's to a group of people who have turned away from God, Israel, and what will happen to them and how to get them back. It's not individual men. So that's why a lot of times people are frustrated. Like, I really could, didn't get anything out of reading that. I found no relevance there. It didn't have a priority to me. So the message was basically corporate as a group of people, not individual. The message is meant to rebuke and encourage, engender faith, repentance, and inform God's people about himself and his plans. That's what the prophets are doing here. They're trying to bring people to, he's, they're rebuking them, they're encouraging them, they're engendering faith, wanting them to have faith in God, they're calling them to repentance, and they're informing people about God and himself and his plans and how he does things. So often the prophet took a historical or theological crisis of his day and projected this into an ecclesiological setting, okay? Meaning something that was going to happen in the future. That's what's happening here. So these are the basic facts. Now, I'm going to give you a simple pattern of, of the prophets. Anybody got a question so far? Okay. Yes, and we're going to try and do that. Of all scripture, there is an application. Okay. okay. There is an application to us, but as far as looking for an individual message, right. no, but there are, but even the New Testament, there are messages there to the church in general, but you can take from that messages for yourself because you're a part of the church, right? Okay. So, yes. Does that help you understand, G? Okay. Anybody else? 
All right, so let's talk about some simple, a simple pattern here. So a simple pattern of the prophet's message. The prophet's message provides an identification of Israel's sin or God's love for her. So it's going to provide you an identification of what their sin issue is that that prophet is addressing, or it's going to provide basically an example of God's love for them. This next book, we're going to start next week, is Hosea. Anybody know anything about Hosea? Anybody know who Hosea's wife is? It's a pretty prominent figure in Hosea. Gomer, yes, and I'm not talking Gomer Pyle, okay? Gomer was her name. Does anybody know anything about Gomer? She was a prostitute. God told Hosea to marry a wayward woman. And he's using that marriage to illustrate his love for Israel. Gomer becomes a picture of Israel, okay? So that's what we're talking about here. So, so it, it either provides an identification of the sin or God's love for her. The prophet's message provided a prediction of a curse or blessing depending on the circumstances. So it was either a communication of a curse or a blessing depending on what the circumstances were. You're going to see that in a prophet's message, okay? In a prophet's message. The prophet's message was not their own, but God's. So when we read Hosea, yes, Hosea wrote this, but Hosea wrote down what God told him to write down. Do you understand? Write down. Do you understand? This was God's message. Okay? And the prophet's message is not original. So it's not like new material, something new that's being shared. It's not original, but the same message that was delivered by Moses. Oftentimes, when you look at what's being communicated in the 12 prophets, you just need to go back to the last chapters of Deuteronomy, Moses' final sermons, and what you see there are the same things that are being said by Moses are being reiterated by the prophets. So it's not like original material. It's not like something new. Okay? It's not like something new. Now, let's talk about the minor prophets. Okay, we're just going to have... Uh, three points to make here, okay? The Minor Prophets. The Minor Prophets is the title given to the last 12 books of the Old Testament. So that's what, when, we, when you hear somebody say the Minor Prophets, you're talking about the last 12 books of the Old Testament. They are also known collectively as the Twelve. So sometimes you'll read and they'll say the Twelve. It's not talking about the Twelve Apostles, Okay? It's talking about the 12 minor prophets, okay? Those 12 last books. These books originated in different time periods, we've already discussed that, over a span of 300 years. So these were written different time periods. Remember, they're pre-exilic, exilic, post-exilic, and they were written over a period of 300 years. The last book is Malachi. It's a post-exilic prophet. And with that, close of that book, until basically the Gospels, there were 400 years of silence, as they say. Okay? 400 years of silence. But that was the last book. 
So that's the minor prophets. And so next week, we're going to start to get into the issue of the first one. And we're just going to take them chronologically through the Old Testament, not we're going to do the pre-exilic and exilic. No, no, we're just going to go with them. We'll, we'll have an introduction next week and maybe start to get into the passage next week, okay? Okay.